Hello, and welcome to episode two of Emma and Rebecca Talk IP, a series where we spend a few minutes each week or so taking a look at something that has caught our attention in the world of intellectual property and trying to unravel what's really going on. I'm Emma Isles. And I'm Rebecca Gay. Last week, we talked COVID vaccines and patent waivers. This week, we're changing it up a bit, and we're talking about Clive Palmer, an Australian billionaire mining magnate and wannabe politician at the Twisted Sisters hit We're Not Gonna Take It and Copyright Law. A bit of a strange combination, but it is an interesting tale. So, Emma, how did Clive get twisted up in an IP dispute? Ha ha. Well, in the lead up to the 2019 federal election, Clive Palmer instructed his team to record and make use of the jingle, Aussies not gonna cop it, across 12 television advertisements for his United Australia Party. The music and lyrics were lifted from the chorus of the 80s hit by Twisted Sister, We're Not Gonna Take It. The United Australia Party campaign that eventuated was followed, perhaps unsurprisingly, by some backlash from fans of Twisted Sister. The use of the music and lyrics came to the attention of the band and ultimately Universal Music, which held the copyright subsisting in the music and lyrics. And that's a problem because anyone wanting to do things like copy, adapt or perform a copyright work, such as a piece of music, needs permission from the copyright owner. In this case, Palmer had actually tried to obtain a licence from Universal to use the Twisted Sister music and lyrics but the licence negotiations ultimately broke down and so Palmer went ahead with his plans anyway. Which uh, is what led him to being sued for copyright infringement. Palmer defended the action with three main arguments. The first involved challenging the existence of copyright in the Twisted Sister music and lyrics. He argued that there was no copyright because the Twisted Sister song had stolen from the 18th century carol, O Come All Ye Faithful. That argument was rejected, with the court emphasising the originality of the combination of elements that make up We're Not Gonna Take It. And if it wasn't bad enough to call in aid a Christmas carol, uh, Palmer's second defence was even more colourful. So Palmer argued that he hadn't copied the Twisted Sister works, but rather the lyrics of Ozzy's Not Gonna Cop It uh, was an original poetic work of his own, the words having come to him in a moment of deep contemplation, inspired by his watching of the film Network and sh shaped by his keen interest in poetry. He even claimed to have entered various co poetry competitions, although no evidence of that was available other than his own claims. The court, however, said it had no doubt that both the lyrics and the music were taken from the chorus of the Twisted Sister song, and that Palmer's denial of that defied common sense. So that left Mr Palmer with his third and final defence, which was that the use of the music and lyrics fell within the fair dealing exception to copyright infringement for satire. To understand what that defence is all about, we again need to go back to the TRIPS agreement. This is the agreement on trade-related aspects of intellectual property, an international agreement between members of the World Trade Organisation. In the last episode of this podcast, we spoke about how the TRIPS agreement sets minimum standards of intellectual property protection. Among those standards are minimum requirements for any limitations or exceptions to intellectual property rights. Specifically, TRIPS provides that any limitation must be confined to certain special cases which do not conflict with the normal exploitation of the work and do not unreasonably prejudice the legitimate interests of the rights holder. And of course, there are important reasons for the existence of exceptions to intellectual property laws. 
That's right. Those exceptions help balance the public interest in encouraging creativity by rewarding the creator with a monopoly for a period of time with the desirability of allowing other people to use those works for legitimate purposes. Historically, Australian copyright law incorporated this TRIPS requirement by way of a fair dealing defence in our Copyright Act that applied where the purpose of the infringement was criticism or review or for reporting the news. So fair dealing was only arguable if the use reasonably fell within one of those categories. There was very very little authority on the application of the fair dealing defence until the panel case in 2005. So Emma, do you remember the panel show? I do actually. I used to watch it all the time. But for anyone who doesn't, it was a weekly television show centred around discussion of topics like current affairs, sport and the arts, and it often featured clips from other programs. It was made by the Working Dog Production Company, who also produced shows like Have You Been Paying Attention and Utopia. So even if you didn't see the panel, if you're familiar with these more recent shows, you'll be able to imagine that the discussion on the panel was often lighthearted and somewhat comical. But the show did get itself into a little bit of trouble, not unlike Mr Palmer. A claim for copyright infringement was brought by Channel 9, who wasn't happy about the panel, which was being shown on Channel 10, broadcasting a variety of excerpts from Channel 9 programs. An issue in the case was whether the use of the excerpts was fair. And unfortunately for Channel 10, certain broadcasts excerpts were found not to be fair dealing for the purpose of reporting the news or for criticism or review. And that outcome came as a bit of a shock to the entertainment industry at the time and caused some light to be shined on the potential inadequacies of Australia's fair dealing defences. Around the same time, Australia was also negotiating a free trade agreement with the US with intellectual property laws under some discussion. In comparison to Australia's fair dealing laws, US law includes a broad fair use exemption that is open-ended and does not require the use to fall within a limited set of purposes. So it was a perfect storm in a sense, and what followed was a parliamentary inquiry into the fair dealing defences in the Copyright Act that led to fair dealing defences for parody and satire being added into the Act. In the second reading speech for the introduction of this change, it was noted that the new defence was included to promote free speech and Australia's fine tradition of satire by allowing our comedians and cartoonists to use copyright material for the purposes of parody and satire. But back to Mr Palmer and his attempted use of the fair dealing defence for satire. To succeed, Mr Palmer firstly needed to establish that his dealing with the copyright works was for the purpose of satire and secondly, that the use was fair. Mr Palmer, however, failed at the first hurdle, with the judge finding the argument that that the use of the copyright works was satirical, was ambitious. And that's not an adjective any lawyer wants to hear when it comes to one of their arguments. In coming to this conclusion, the judge referred to the Macquarie Dictionary definition of satire, being something that is described as being a form of ironic, sarcastic, scornful, derisive or ridiculing criticism of vice, folly or abuses, but not by way of an imitation or takeoff. And the judge found that the use of the copyright works by the United Australia Party in its advertisements was only to underscore the party's key campaign message, not to satirise anyone or anything. 
The second limb of the fair dealing defence was also a bit of a problem for Mr Palmer. Um, the fact that it was possible for Mr Palmer to have negotiated and obtained a licence within a reasonable time and for an ordinary commercial price weighed heavily against his use being fair. The judge also wasn't convinced that Mr Palmer's infringement of the copyright works was not unintentional. So what was the overall result in the end, Emma? Well, unsurprisingly, the court found that Aussie's Not Gonna Cop It infringed the copyright in both the music and lyrics of the Twisted Sister song. Mr Palmer was ordered to pay compensatory damages in the amount of $500,000 and additional damages in the amount of $1 million. The additional damages are intended to reflect the flagrancy of the infringement and need to deter similar conduct. In this particular case, the significant award was a consequence of Mr Palmer's behaviour, including the fact that he'd used the copyright works after failing to get a licence, he'd engaged in a fairly public attack of the composer of We're Not Going to Take It after receiving a cease and desist letter, he gave false evidence and deliberately frustrated the discovery of documents during the litigation. And while the $1 million in additional damages is what hit the headlines for IP lawyers, it's actually the decision to apply what's called the user principle to the calculation of Universal Music's compensatory damages of $500,000. That's really interesting. The user principle means that an award of damages can be made even though the defendant didn't really divide, derive any profit from the infringing activity and the plaintiff hasn't really suffered any loss. Applying this principle in Palmer's case, the award of $500,000, according to the court, represented a reasonable hypothetical licence fee for the use of the Twisted Sister Works. Which, of course, all sounds very sensible. But prior to this decision, there was actually some legal uncertainty about whether the user principle could be applied to calculate damages in the situation where the evidence showed that the parties would never actually have entered into a licence. And certainly Mr Palmer argued that the user principle should not be applied in his case because the parties agreed they would never have reached agreement on an actual licence. Mr Palmer said that the damages award should only be for a nominal amount. Well, the judge in this case has put an end to that legal uncertainty, that's for sure. And Palmer was left with pretty much no uncertainty as to the court's attitude to his conduct. That's for sure. The court definitely wasn't going to take it. Until next time. You have been listening to a podcast brought to you by Herbert Smith Freehills. For more episodes, please go to our channel on iTunes or SoundCloud and visit our website herbertsmithfreehills.com for more insights relevant to your business.